We're doing a series called Better Together, and uh, the first week we talked about the idea of any relationship that God has called you to. You can make that relationship better if you do it the same way Jesus did, and that's you put the other person first, regardless of what your current result is. If it's your employer, if it's a relationship, if it's a family member, most of Christianity today, we, we, um, we, get, we do unto others as they do unto us, right? And so if they're, if they're mean to us, then we, we, we give that. But Christ, he did it completely different. No, when we were even yet his enemies, he served us. He loved us. He pursued us. And so uh, we, it, it, you give the other person priority in the life and you make them better than yourself and you can improve that relationship. And there's multiple books I can show you of current authors that help you with that. Second week, last week, we talked about pursuit and how in any relationship in your life, if you wanna make it better, you're gonna have to recognize that it's gonna be your job to pursue the other person to learn. And there are things and seasons in your life that God is calling you. And even right now, some of you are called to be mentors you're gonna have to pursue people. Some of you are called to learn. You're gonna have to pursue others. Some of you are in a relationship where you're waiting for that person to pursue you or treat you a certain way, and it may not happen. And even in the midst of relationship, we talked about how Elijah, uh, Elisha had to pursue Elijah even when he wasn't being treated the way he wanted to be. You're gonna have to learn to pursue others if you wanna get results. Um, and this week, we're gonna, we, we're gonna talk about in the light, and, and it's really about purity. And uh, I'm really excited about this teaching today, and I'm really freaking out. I want you to know I spent a lot of time on my face this week um, in regards to this series. This is something I take, uh, I hold very seriously, and it's a tough message. Um, one, it's a tough message to live. It's definitely a tough message to share with others um, because with the same measure that I judge, I want you to know that I recognize it's gonna be pressed back against me. And so this is... Um, it's a tough one for me. And so uh, I chose not to speak it this week. In summer, you're gonna, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, sweating right now. Here we go. It was good in the first service. Hopefully it'll be good in the second service. Can all of you stand up for me with me and read God's word? I'm gonna read a full chapter in the Bible with you together. But first I have two verses. They're all in Genesis chapter two and in all of chapter three. Uh, but with that being said, I'm gonna read two verses out of Genesis chapter two. And the first one is when God spoke to, I looked at, uh, he looked at, uh, never mind. Uh, God spoke this. He said, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be, that he should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. And then in verse 25, we find that the Lord says, and they were both naked, man and his wife, yet they were not ashamed. So I wanna start off by saying it's not good for man to be alone. I don't know if God has called you into a relationship with another human being where it's like husband-wife scenario. I'm not saying that, but I am saying is that God is not calling you to be alone in any season of your life, that if you get alone, the enemy can do a lot of dangerous things to you and through you. And so I wanna make sure that you understand that God is calling you into community. This is the, 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 the whole vision that Jesus prayed right before he went to the cross, that he would make the saints one that the people of God would be one, that we would be unified, that we would be together. And I believe that God wants us all together. It's not good that man should be alone. The second, they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. I'm gonna go to chapter three here, and I'm gonna read this to you. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He also said to the woman, has God indeed said? Other translation would say, did God really say? I wanna make sure you know, I'm gonna stop there for one second. This is something the enemy is still saying to the body of Christ today, and he is still saying it to every person in this room. Come on, man. Did God really say that you couldn't dot, dot, dot? Did God really say? Well, he did. 
and you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. So the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but out of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said that you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. This is something also that the serpent is saying to us right now, right here and today in our lives. You shall not surely die. Come on, you're gonna die because of this? It's a little dramatic, don't you think, Eve? For God knows that in that day, if you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to her eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. So she took of the fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband and, uh, and he, she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened so that they, were, they both knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I knew I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I command you that you shall not eat? And the man said, to, then the man said, the woman whom you the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? She said that the serpent deceived me and I ate. I'm going to stop there. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Help, 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 help. In Jesus name. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Um, Help me, Lord. So uh, I'm gonna have four points today to this message and I'm gonna talk a little bit from my heart and a little bit about things that I've discovered in, in, on my journey with the Lord. Some of you know me and you know that I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about, about Jesus. He is the most important thing in my life and um, I know this message mostly because I've, there's been several times in my life where I've hurt God um, and I've felt that. And um and I'm, I'm talking to you through that lens today. Um, I believe that this is gonna be beneficial to us because it will unite us if we do this right. Does that make sense to everyone? We're better together. We're better together. Look at your neighbor and say, we're better together. We're better together. My first point today is that God has a standard. You have to know this. This is something that we have to get back to in the body of Christ. God has a standard. This is difficult, especially amongst our generation. We don't like being held to a standard. We don't like being called out. But I tell you that any good company, any great position, any great relationships has standards. Let me explain this in a different way. There is no relationship that you are ever gonna have with another human being. If it doesn't have standards, it's not healthy. Look at any company that is achieving their, their values or their morals or what they're trying to do or what they're trying to accomplish. If they don't have standards and they don't have accountability, it will not flourish. You have to know what is right. You have to know what is wrong. You have to know when you're achieving. You have to know when you're not achieving. And let me explain to you. If you enter into a relationship with any human being, if it's a healthy relationship, it has standards. Can I get an amen? amen. No one wants to be walked over. No one wants to be treated like they didn't care. 
There is something that you should hold people in your life to a standard of this is what I do not want you to do. It hurts me. And we have all entered into a relationship with the Lord the same way. We found him to be good. We found desire in our heart to know him. We all found in ourself lack. He is great and I am not. I have made a mistake and I recognize your standard, Lord, and I have failed in that. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. So we all come to the cross, all at the same level. We realize that we want to be more like him, but we cannot do it on our own. Let me show you a cool passage of scripture in my opinion. And it says this, this is in 1 Peter chapter one. For you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Let me stop there. We all have desires and all of our desires, if we're not careful, will lead us into unhealthy things that are not good for the relationship that God has put in our life. We all have desires and we have to guard them and protect them if we want God's blessing. You didn't know better then in your old ways, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Say everything. everything. Just as God who called you is holy, for the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. This is a difficult thing, guys, but I want you to understand that we have entered into a relationship where we are definitely 100% subpar. I think in anything that is good in your life, it's healthy for you to recognize that you don't deserve it. Like, man, I, this, my wife is far too good looking for me to be in this relationship with. She is far too smart. She is, too, she is good at everything that she does in her life. How the heck did I deceive her? You know, uh, I don't know. If, if, if you have a job that is fantastic, you should look and remember that that job is a blessing and you don't deserve where you are in your life. Like, like it's the arrogance that we walk in that we feel like we're entitled to certain things. And when we recognize the relationship that we've been given with the Lord, we don't deserve what we have. And so with it, we understand that he is holy and I am not. Why that is important is because God is saying, I want you to be holy. But that doesn't mean that you can become holy. That doesn't mean that you'll ever achieve holiness. But that doesn't mean that you'll ever do anything in your life enough to become holy. What do you mean, Tim? You can't give enough to become holy. You can't pray enough to become holy. You can't attend church enough times to be holy. You're never gonna do it on your own. This is something that Jesus gave us called holiness. And he's saying, now I want you to be holy. It's like the righteousness of Christ, the robes of righteousness that we put on. You can't do anything to wear the righteousness of Christ. It's a free gift. It's been freely given to you. It's called the Holy Spirit. And he lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in you. And God wants you to protect the holiness inside of you. That's what I'm talking about. God is a standard. And in any standard, in any relationship that you have or that's good in your life, you're gonna have to protect that relationship. And what I believe is that if you want good things in your life and blessed things in your life, you protect those things and you protect the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And in doing and protecting him and protecting the, the he that lives inside of you, you're protecting the holiness that God has called you to walk in. Does that make sense? We're not doing it on our own, it's a free gift. <laughs> Let 
man, this is an overwhelming message today. I think of everything that God has called good in my life or everything that I've called good in my life and I think there is a standard to which I should recognize that I should live my life by. A job, being a father, being a husband, being a pastor, being a, 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 a disciple of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus. There is a standard and I, walk, I wanna walk in that standard. You know what's really funny is in our culture today, we, we honor the word integrity Integrity is who you are when no one's looking. We're gonna talk about that today. There is a standard, point number one. My second point today is that light is good. Light is good. What are you talking about, Tim? Check this out. This is a really wonderful passage. And I'm thinking about an Adam and Eve, God walking with Adam. I don't know if you know, but Jesus is the light of the world, Right? Everything that God does, he does in the light. When God spoke in the beginning, the first thing we know is that there was light, okay? And in, in John chapter one, we know that in him was light and there was no darkness at all. And so as we read more and more about Jesus, what we learn is that everything that God does, he does in the light. Let me show you this, this, this verse here. This is gonna be in John uh, one, verses five and seven. First John one, five and seven, it says that, and this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness at all. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, listen to this, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ, Jesus, his son cleanses us from all of sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. What, what am I saying? When I go back to the story with Adam and Eve, one of the things that I think is, 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 is funny is how the enemy considered something that everyone knew was good. Okay, this Adam, this, this apple, it looked good. It was pleasing to the eye and it looked like it was healthy to the bones. And the Lord said, you shall not eat of it. It's not good, but they ate of it. And the moment that they ate, there was shame. They knew that there was nakedness. They knew that they had crossed the line. They knew that they had done something that was not good. And in that moment, what they begin to do is hide. There was shame and they hid. There was shame and they hid. There was shame and they hid. And I promise that I, I, what I realize is that in the body of Christ today, there was a lot of people that walked in through these doors and for whatever reason, there is shame. I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's addiction. I don't know if it's fear or unforgiveness or hurt or what it is that you're up against, but everything that happens in Christ should be brought out into the light. But what happens is when there's things that's wrong or unhealthy, when we allow them to remain in the darkness, there becomes shame. There becomes confusion. You become individualized and you isolate yourself from the relationship that God intended you to have. One of the things that I'm praying over you today is that I, I pray that you would learn to confide in others and not hide from. Because if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
When we're not having fellowship is because things are happening in dark places and we feel like we are not good enough to become like Jesus. One of the things that the enemy does is he tricks people into believing that the things that they have done make up their identity. The things that you've committed make up your identity. My wife says this all the time over my kids and I love it. I've never heard anyone else say it. She's fantastic. She says, your do is not your who. Your do is not your who. What you've done is not who you are. You are a son and daughter. You are great. You are a champion. What you've done was a mistake. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But when we allow what we've done to remain in darkness and we hide it, man, it's so destructive. Listen, secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. So when things are happening in your relationship at work, if you have to hide it and it comes out, it's going to create destruction. If something happens in your relationship with another person and it comes out and you are hiding it, it's going to create destruction. When the things that are happening in the body of Christ and, and the, when no one else is around and you're doing this thing, when it comes out, it's going to create destruction. And so what we do so we bring everything into the light. You know, one of the things that I noticed about this verse, and maybe there's other theologians that know something else that I don't, but this is the last time in, in Genesis chapter three that I know that Adam walked with God. Think about this for a second. How many people in the body of Christ do you know that walked away from God because there was shame in their life? But if you bring it into the light, you can have relationship. See, secrecy is the enemy of intimacy because what it does is it separates. It says, oh, I, I don't deserve this relationship. I'm not good enough for it. It's bad and I'm bad and I, don't, I, I can't share this with them because if they know what I've done, then they, they'll think that I am and, and that's not the way God sees you. He sees you as his son and as his daughter. He loves you. You are his redeemed. You can make mistakes. There's room for it in the body of Christ. There may not be at the church down the street, but y'all know this pastor of this church. There's room for mistakes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I, yeah, all right. No, never mind. I'm just gonna keep going. Um, <clears throat> you're fired. <clears throat> Secrecy is the enemy of intimacy. There's things that's happening in your life right now that you're afraid to say, I made a mistake. And what happened when Adam hid instead of coming right out and saying, God, we don't know. The only person that we see next walking with God is Adam's great, great, great grandson. I don't want my secrets in my life to affect my children or my children's children or my children's children's children. I'm just gonna bring them out. God, I'm an idiot. You know it. And I need other people in my life to help me realize that. But we're better together. And everything that we do stays in the light. I'm gonna keep going. First point is that God has a standard. My second point is that the light is good. My third point is that darkness is bad. For once you were in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. You're in the light of the Lord. You were once in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. I'm gonna stop there. You were once in darkness, but now you're in, you're in the light. I, I've realized that there's some people even today here in Christ where you've accepted Jesus. You, you were once in darkness, but you've accepted Jesus as your Lord. And so now your position in Christ is redeemed. 
Now, even in Christ, you may stumble. You may look the wrong way, think the wrong things, have greed, covet, desire. Have, you may struggle with something, but you are a child of God, even though you may sin. Think about it like this. I, I, I think that some of us, it's like if you've ever been outside on a beautiful sunny day like we got today, and you walk into a dark movie theater, and you walk into the movie theater and you can't see nothing. Like you don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna wait a minute till I find my seat. And uh, like some of you had to do today as you come in here. It's crazy, I don't know what's going on. Our church needs to stop growing, this is not cool. Um, uh, next week we're charging admission, I'm just kidding. Okay, so. Um, so uh, anyways, uh, your, you, your eyes adjust to the darkness, a few minutes you recognize what's happening in the room now and you understand, oh, there's Peter, there's Steve, and you're good. Well, God doesn't want your eyes to adjust to the darkness. He wants your eyes to adjust to the light. And so what happens is, is now when you leave the darkness and you go outside, you're blinded. And so what I realize is that some of us have, have skewed what is dark and what is light. And we can't see the line anymore. This is destructive in every relationship. Think about your company. If you're a leader, do you want your employees to know what is good, what is bad behavior? Yes, you do. If you are in a marriage, do you want your spouse to know what is good behavior, what is bad behavior? Yes, you do. If you're in a relationship with your father in heaven, do you think he wants you to know what is good behavior, what is bad behavior? Yes, he does. But our eyes have adjusted to the darkness. And it's important that if we're in Christ, we recognize what is, I'm gonna read the next verse here. Uh, you were once in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Verse 10, it says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Meaning, let some light hit it. If there's things that you're struggling with, it's okay. I want you to know one thing that's supposed to happen in scripture. When Jesus prayed for unity over the church, he didn't say that you were terrible people for messing up. He walked with us. This is why he became a man. He knew we were gonna struggle. You're going to struggle. Remember, he, he says that in your weakness, he is made strong. He's designed your weakness to make the body of Christ stronger. Why is that? Because when JB comes to me and he says, hey, Tim, I've got an issue in my life. It puts me in a position where now I can be a leader. See, I've come to many people in our church, in I, your pastor, the guy who's up here teaching right now. And I've come to many of you and said, hey, I have an issue. JB, I've come to JB. I've come to many people who say, hey, will you pray for me? I, I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with fear. I'm struggling with, with, with looking at another girl. I tell other people, because I want to bring it into the light. Because I don't want it to grow. What you feed will grow, what you starve will die. But you bring it into the light and it stops and it's exposed and shame can't grow no more. You don't bring it out and you're gonna feel like a prisoner and it's gonna become your identity and it's gonna get worse and worse and worse and worse. Darkness is bad. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter five, verse three. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. There must not be a hint of sexual immorality. Guys, 
if you enter into any relationship, you want to know what the standard is. We love the Lord. He loves us. He wants you to understand this is good. And I see that throughout all of scripture. In Genesis chapter one, he created the light and he said this was good. He separated land from water and he said this was good. He created cattle. He said it was good. Birds of the air, it was good. He created, he said this is good. And then everything else. And he made man, he said this is very good. I'm gonna tell you a story real quick about myself. Some of you know that I'm crazy. I am sometimes a little crazy. I, I, um, I tried to not date my whole Christian life for, for about 10 years until I met my bride. And um, I, I had only dated once before because I didn't want to ruin what God was doing in my life. And um, I, I went on a date one time with, with, with my wife. One night, we went on a date. We were at an outreach. Some of you were there the night that it happened. Pogo, heads up, whoop, whoop. And uh, they were there the night. I went on one date with her. I came back from that date and I said, that's my wife, I'm gonna marry her. And they were like, you're crazy, dude. Yeah, I know. I went and bought a ring two weeks later. I proposed. Why? Because when you know, you know if something is good. This is good. If you're willing to listen to Lord say this is not good, this is not good, she's not good, that's not good, this is not good, that's not good, you're gonna learn in your life when you know that something is good because you've refrained enough times in your life from things that were not good. And I saw her anointing and I saw her integrity. Let me tell you something about Teresa some of you guys don't know. She would never say a bad word about anybody. She protects people more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. And she prays for y'all. Even when she's annoyed with you or, you know, or annoyed with me or annoyed with my children. She loves and she protects. She is a woman that is pure. She, I'm telling you, this girl, I've never seen her sin in my life. She won't let me watch most of television. It's, it's really frustrating sometimes because she's so pure. But God had put me with someone that will protect me from me. I knew what good was when God brought her to me. The one thing I didn't want to do is destroy it. That's why I put a ring on it as quickly as I can. You know, I'm like, hey, baby, please, listen, right now, can we go to the court? You know, we didn't go to the court right away. We waited a couple months, but it was, I had to trick her fast, though. You know what I'm talking about? Darkness is bad. So there must not be any hint of sexual immorality in front of you. And so, um, hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna stop there. Uh, this is, I, I, I call this the multiplier. What is, what is good? Anything in your life that you do, anything, from watching television, video games, uh, riding in your car, buying a car, anything, I use a multiplier for. What would happen times 10, times 100? Um, and, uh, and I just think, what, what am I doing is this bad for me? And I think about like looking at another woman. I know you guys think it's crazy, but I don't have anything secret in my life. I don't have anything secret. I am one of the most transparent people you have ever met in my life. You have ever met in my life. I say that, I did say that. I don't have passwords to, everyone has passwords to all of my Google accounts, uh, all, of my, all of my email accounts. Y'all know the password? Raise your hand if you go to this church and you know my debit card number. That is terrible right there, y'all. I don't wanna hide anything. I don't wanna lose anything in my life. Why? Because um, I've worked so hard to get what God has blessed me with. 
that I don't want anything to destroy it. Let me show you an example. When I was single, uh, I fought to honor God because I wanted his blessing on my life. And I, there was a lot of things a lot of other people were allowed to do that I wasn't allowed to do uh, because I wanted God's blessing on my life and he blessed me. And because he blessed me, I was able to go places where no one else was able to go. To this day, I've been to 47 states. I've been to the 12 different countries uh, and I'm debt free. I think that that's pretty dang on awesome. Um, and, uh, and, and it's mostly because God put me in circumstances because I was willing to listen to him when no one else would. God blessed me. And God blessed me again when he gave me my wife. And now we have this wonderful house and now we have this wonderful community. And so for a second of pleasure, looking at something on the internet or looking at a woman or saying yes to a woman, I could lose everything in my life if it got found out. Think about it. What in your life for a moment of pleasure, if you got caught doing at work, would you lose everything you have worked hard for that you considered good and valuable in your life? And I just choose to protect the things in my life that God has said is good. If it's good, then you protect it. It's called blessing. And the problem is, is that we've misjudged the line in our life. Guys, struggle with other people. Don't struggle alone. Girls, struggle with other people. Don't struggle alone. I don't care what it is. If it's depression, or you're struggling with your identity or your character, you let that thing eat you, it will become a cancer that will destroy your relationship. God has called us to be together and bring everything that's going on inside of us into the light and not live in darkness. Because it will destroy the relationships that God has brought into our life. Does that make sense? My first point is that God has a standard. My second point is that the light is good. And the third point is that darkness is bad. My fourth point is this, what is good? What is good in your life? I, um, let me read you this verse. It's in 1 Corinthians. And this is one of the problems that's kind of hard for Christianity is because of grace. Grace has made it so easy for us because, and I love grace. I'm saved by grace. Grace is a double-edged sword. I hate grace because I'd rather earn it than just get it. But I got it and I'm glad that I don't have to earn it, but I'd rather earn it because I don't get it. Here we go. Listen to this. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say that I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial for you. Let me explain it this way. There's a lot of things, yes, you can get away with doing at work. There's a lot of things you can say and get away with at work. It doesn't mean it's gonna be beneficial for you. And it doesn't mean it's not gonna be good for you. You can do anything, you can eat anything you want. Does it, I, I have a love relationship with Reese peanut butter cups and Oreo cookies. And y'all, I gotta tell you, they're not good for me. But because I don't see the consequence today, I continue on. And this is the way we get trapped. I, I, I think about this with uh, 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 social media today, uh, with television and video games. Think about this. Some people here today, this week, you've spent more than 30, 40 hours playing video games, social media, and watching television. A full-time job. Now, can you honestly tell me in good conscience that you don't think that that's hurting the relationships that God has in your life? It's okay for you to do it. No one is telling you it's not hurting them. 
But can you tell me that two full-time jobs, one that pays you nothing and gives nothing back to you, isn't affecting the best things that God has put in your life? If you can, you're an idiot. And you're blind. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm definitely not saying it's good. Does that make sense? Let me say something else here. This is the last verse I'm gonna say before I move on to what is gonna start to be, oh my goodness. <laughs> Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? What communion has light with darkness? Don't be unequally yoked with someone. Why is this important, guys? You know, they say that you can, um, you can pull someone down easily, but you can't easily pull someone up, right? In leadership, why it's so hard to have a successful company is because in a successful company, there are standards that everyone knows across the board. When you bring people into your company that don't have the same standards or values as you, they're gonna lower your standards. When you enter in as a, as a company owner, you bring people into your company that don't have the same values or you, have an, you find another business partner and now you feel called to help someone or be there for someone. They're gonna question it. They're not gonna like it. And now you're not gonna be able to do the things that you feel God has called you to do with your business because you started a company with someone who doesn't have the same principles or values as you and it's dangerous. I used to work for a Fortune 500 company and in that company, there were so many times that they asked me, managers, bosses asked me, to do things out of character for the sake of the company. And this is difficult because you will compromise your values because you're unequally yoked. You're attached in a relationship with people that don't have the same principles as you. And this is massively dangerous for who God is calling you to be. And it definitely is true in a relationship. If you have an opportunity to choose someone to live the rest of your life with, and you choose to be with someone, that doesn't want to pursue Jesus, your odds are not gonna be good very long. Don't be unequally yoked. Bring everything you do into the light. Bring everything you do and everything you want into the light. Would you come? This is where I'm gonna close today. I wanna make sure that you understand that if you're in a relationship today and someone has been unfaithful or done something that is, has been filled with uh, uh, perversion of some sort, though sexual immorality are grounds for divorce, they are also grounds for forgiveness. And so I wanna make sure you understand today that there is grace. There is grace at the cross. I don't know what God is gonna do in your life, but this is a principle that I hope everyone trusts in our church. It's Romans chapter eight, verse one. It says this, there is no Therefore, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now therefore no condemnation. I don't know what you're going through, but I can tell you, we don't condemn you. We're gonna help you. We are gonna help you if you'll let us, but let's do life together, not alone. Shame grows in the darkness. Life grows in the light. I'm already over time. I'll share another story, we'll do a song, and we'll close the service. Cool. I'm a pastor, I'm over time every week. You know what I mean? It's like, we're supposed to be done at uh, 11. I'm just kidding. Here we go. 
Um, the people of Israel are walking around what God's promised them to have. God wants you to have a beautiful relationships, great marriages, great people in your life. He's called them to have this promised land where they would prosper. And right before they enter into the promised land, Joshua, God spoke to Joshua and he told Joshua to say this to their people. Oh, Rachel, maybe you could play for a second. No, I'm just kidding. So purify yourselves for tomorrow. I'll do wonders among you. If it's good, it's great. If it's good, it's great, guys. I think that there's something to be said about purity. There's something to be said about a standard. There's something to good to be like about protecting the people that God has put in your life. You protect everything that's good. You protect it. And if you've looked the wrong way or you said something, bring it into the light and don't let it grow. Because if you get found out, you'll lose everything. Why risk something great for something that was a moment? 